Welcome to Recently Logged, where this week we have power, power, forgive me a cruel chuckle, <laughs> power. Hey. Hello. We're, we're back. Here we are. We're as talking we, about stuff as we do most weeks. I wouldn't. I won't say every week. Not every week. Most weeks, and we're back this week with like a full movie. A movie. It's we're been, talking about a movie. It's been a while. It's, it's been, been since been like we, a month. Yeah, since we did Avatar: Way of Water, I think, which yeah. feels like forever ago. Well, at this it was like point. a month ago. Yeah. So here we are in the glorious month of September. Heck yeah! Things are getting a little chilly. Things are chilling out. Still a little, a little warmer during the day, but you know. It's a little chilly Things at are night. chilling out we here can... at the recently logged studio. <laughs> we can feel the oncoming fall, <laughs> and we look forward to it greatly. Indeed we do. Uh, but this week, we're talking about a non-fall movie. I mean, it's it's really, yeah, I guess it's really more of like a summer or spring movie. Yeah, it's very, it's very, like all the plants are doing very well. Yeah, yeah, they're thriving in this. So. But yeah, we're talking about Robin Hood. We're talking about Robin Hood. Our, Disney Robin Hood. Our first, like, Disney movie in a while, yeah. I think. I probably. <laughs> probably. We did, know. we did, um like, Snow White earlier this season, but I think that's, like, the most recent one yeah, we've done. Yeah, our most recent. <laughs> our most recently logged, you could say. <laughs> this guy's got jokes. <laughs> Uh, but yes, my name is Robbie. And I'm Micah. And we're talking about Robin Hood. Let's get into what you need to know about the movie. Alright, so again, we're talking about Robin Hood, which is a 1973 movie. It is rated G. It's an hour and 23 minutes. It's a little IMDb description is... The story of the legendary British outlaw portrayed with the characters as anthropomorphic animals, which is a very boring description <laughs> it's a very, of the movie. That's a very, like, literal, yeah, like, it's like, clinical, almost, description of what the movie is. Right? It doesn't, it's not any plot, it's just like, yeah, it's Robin Hood, but with animals. It's Robin Hood, there's anthropomorphic <laughs> animals. You know what, you know what it's about. <laughs> the cast features Brian Bedford phil harris roger miller peter ustinov peter ustinov terry thomas <laughs> monica evans annie divine uh carol shelley yeah and others and others uh it is directed by wolfgang reitherman as well as david hand very nice um, i don't know if it loads it's not loading well. okay yeah he was just a co-director i wanted to <laughs> yeah, make sure yeah. it wasn't like an animation no, director no. or something uh story by larry clemens uh, based on characters and story concepts by Ken Anderson, also story sequences by like five other people. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of story sequences. Van Scary, Frank Thomas, Eric Cleworth, Julius Finsden, and David Michener. I mean, this is pretty much just if you if you know the '70s Disney animation crew, it's just those guys. Literally, yeah. Uh, it was nominated for one Oscar. Hey, for all you Robin Hood haters out there, <laughs> this baby was nominated for an Oscar. Oscar nominee. Of course, it was nominated for uh, "Love" for best original song. It is the best original song. That's my hot take. It did is not that win. It's the best original. It did not song. win. Here, say something about it. I'm going to check who won that year. 
Uh, okay, this this is like one of my soapboxes for this movie, but I honestly think that Love, performed by Nancy Adams, is like the best song ever produced for a movie, which is a bold claim, but one I will stand by. <laughs> do, you, do you have the winner, Micah? We may never love like this again. <laughs> the Towering Inferno. Oh, The Towering Inferno. I, I forgot that was a 70s movie. I've never heard of that song, <laughs> but I've heard of love, and it should have won. Is the is the definitive thing there? Um, I think I it was... really should have, man. It's such a beautiful song. My goodness. Cinematographer Gene Madrid, mid, not Madrid, mid Midder, Midder. Oh. Uh, cinematographer. Oh boy. There's another one. Oh, Francois Leonard. Yeah, two yeah. cinematographers. It's a very French name. <laughs> a very French name. Composer George Bruns. Very nice. And that is, by my account, all you need to know. Man, it's such a magical score. Actually, that's, I love it's really not all it. you need to know, because technically there's a lot of context. There's a lot of production history uh, yeah. movie as well, which I think is important. It was made, again, in 73, very early on in the 70s. Disney was in real, real rough sorts. <laughs> they were doing so bad financially after opening Disney World and then the entire economy crashing hmm. uh, that they chopped down their production team to being extremely small and only did one feature every two years. Yeah. And even though the budget for this movie is technically relatively similar to the movies that came before it, because of one of the worst series of like inflation ever, it was it, it did not cover nearly as much. Yeah. So there's a lot of this movie. And, and I mean, if you've seen the movie at all, you can tell it's cheap. There's so much reused animation yeah, cells. Yeah, a lot of recycled um, animation in this movie. Like, from the Aristocats and Jungle Book especially. Like, yeah. if you've seen either of those movies <laughs> we and grew know up them on really those well, movies. which we did, and then watch Robin Hood, you could just be like, oh, look, it's that and it's that, literally, and that Yeah, and you that. can literally just point out all of the scenes where but they I mean, reuse stuff. They're grabbing stuff from as far back as they're, like, reusing Snow White animation yeah, cells. Yeah, I forgot. There's, like, Sleeping Beauty uh, dance cycles. There's uh, Snow White uh, yeah. The, cycles it, it's crazy at any rate this movie was kind of it's very cobbled together. cobbled together animation wise and kind of reflects that so yeah. i think that's a very important piece of context for looking at both the themes of the movie and the actual text and like physical movie of the movie if that makes sense the feel of it yeah yeah uh, but yeah, I, I feel like that's basically what you need to know. You can research the production history of Robin Hood. There's probably quite a few uh, like little short documentaries yeah, about sure. it. Or go watch Breadsword's video yes, on Robin Hood. The YouTuber known as Breadsword like made a favorite great YouTuber. <laughs> he made a great video about Robin Hood and actually prompted us to rewatch it a little while ago. Um, Which so yeah. was a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's get into what we thought about Robin Hood. So, Rami. Yes, Micah. Co-host, brother, friend. <laughs> brother. <laughs> what, what do you think of Robin Hood? If you were to sum it up in not so many words. Uh, Robin Hood, it's a childhood classic. In my case, I grew up... Not This wasn't like my most watched movie when I was younger. This was definitely one of our go-tos, um, though. But it, yeah, but like it was a staple, for sure. Um, of the Disney animated movies, it was always one of my more like favored, you know? 
Uh, but that's just because it's such a good time. Like the music is so beautiful and fun and all of the characters are like so instantly lovable and like all of the faces they make and like all of the comedy is just really up my alley and it's probably formed, um, well, again, like a lot of uh, like something like Monsters Inc. Like a lot of the movies I watched when I was younger, my comedic tastes were definitely um, yeah. formed by. But yeah, it's just really fun. Uh, I think the music is beautiful. I think the animation is, despite its cheapness, really expressive when it needs to be and like really endearing. I think it has some really good set pieces. Like a lot of its action sequences are actually really fun and memorable, which you would, <laughs> which I wouldn't expect from something like this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a good time. Uh, I think it's sort of vignette structuring is it actually works to its advantage a little bit, um, even though it does lead to like an occasional kind of weirdly paced out scene or again, like the ending of the movie <laughs> being kind of abrupt and out of nowhere almost. And then he came back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but like overall, I think it's a really great time and it's just a really sweet and beautiful movie like i, I don't know what else you could ask for really yeah would <laughs> you would you rate it Remy? i i gave it a way too generous probably five out of five <laughs> uh but that's, like that's a pretty hot take i don't know i think it's a five in my in mind. your heart yeah in my heart like i feel like i would just be selling it short just for other people's sakes if i gave it a four so i just gave it a five <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, what do you think of Robin Hood, Micah? What do I think Arguably, of Robin Hood? Arguably, you're the more adventure-obsessed out of yeah, the two of us. Yeah, I was us. about to say, like, <laughs> you're talking about this being a staple of your child. This was like, I, I didn't just watch Robin Hood a lot. I wanted to be Robin Hood. Yeah. Not only that, like, but like Fox character designs were all, are always the coolest. If I was ever to be an anthropomorphic animal, <laughs> don't, don't, don't think too deeply into this. I'd want to be a fox. Wow. Uh, very cool. And yeah, I just, I loved this movie growing up. So it's probably like blind nostalgia leading me into this now. <laughs> That's but, what I said in my review. I was like, yeah. it's literally just the rosy childhood view of the movie. In reality, it's probably not as good as I think it is. But like beyond it being like, quote unquote, good, I just love this movie. I love sitting in this movie. I have such a love for the Disney 70s movies in general. I think so much of the restraint led to some of the most interesting Disney movies ever made. Absolutely. Like just, even if they're not the best, which a lot of the 70s <laughs> ones are not the best, no. they have such character and flavor because their low budget led them to kind of cut down to like, kind of what worked or what didn't <laughs> exactly about what, what yeah. they were going they for. had to innovate because they couldn't do anything else and i think that's totally the case here i think they made all the right decisions on where they put their budgets yeah. somehow the animation manages to be extremely expressive and memorable in the faces yeah. um which again animals are a lot cheaper to animate than humans <laughs> but still absolutely and the songs are incredible not even just love but like yeah. i literally love all of the songs in this dude anytime the characters start singing i'm like yeah man heck yeah it's great <laughs> Um, I think especially this time around that the pacing kind of worked really well for me. I would yeah. kind of hate for this to be longer. If it was longer, I think it would definitely start dragging due to the way it's structured you could, out. You could argue it's like a segment too long even now the yeah. way it is. And like, <laughs> it's just like every segment is fun. It very much is very like 
I'm sure <laughs> by all of the story sequencers, they would all like just be given kind of a sequence yeah, to you, write, essentially. You write and you produce um, that section of the movie. <laughs> which you could do one at a time for animation and yeah. everything, keep it nice and cheap on the budget end of things. So I'm sure that's kind of how it was produced and why it kind of ended up in this kind of segmented weird it, thing it where fades sometimes to black characters and something else happens. Yeah, sometimes characters won't be in all of the segments, even though that seems like they should be. Yeah. Uh, so like you have all of these things, but I think it blended together into such a unique experience that kind of like hits all of Robin Hood. A lot of diehard Robin Hood fans <laughs> really that I know of anyway, really love this movie. Yeah. And well, it was it was my introduction to Robin Hood at the very least. And like all it familiarizes you with so many of the tropes of Robin Hood and does them all pretty well. Yeah, it covers like just <laughs> It covers the spirit of Robin Hood in yeah. a really effective, efficient, and fun way with really memorable, again, set pieces and just jokes. I think that's... Yeah. Uh, I want to end here because I'm going I'm going on too <laughs> I was about long. to say, I'm this doing, is a very long... I'm pulling a U here and doing my brief thoughts on the movie. point a finger at me. I was nice and brief, Buster. <laughs> but... The comedy in this, it, like we were, we were laughing the other day almost the entire runtime. Yeah, just man. at like some visual gag, some joke, some voice performance. The voice, the vocal performances in this thing are incredible. There's like there. a great, there's like an all-time great line read in pretty much every segment, yeah. if not multiple. And we were just dying laughing. <laughs> and if it's not, I, I understand honestly, just easily, just if you if you didn't connect with the comedy, not liking the movie at yeah. all, because that's the, what this movie is at the at the end of the day and i love it for that yeah i gave it a four and a half out of five again probably a generous <laughs> probably rating, generous yeah i can't even see like giving this lower than a four i really can't yeah it's a good time man like i don't know for all of its kind of strange oddity sort of idiosyncrasies like i think it really works on a cinematic level there's it's such a i don't know it's not as traditionally made as some of the other movies even something like 101 Dalmatians, same director, similar era, yeah. just kind of, I don't know, it feels a lot more innovative than yeah, that. Yeah, so like even even 101 Dalmatians had such a bigger crew and <laughs> yeah, production exactly. to work on. We were actually laughing about that when we were watching this movie. <laughs> they do the opening credits and it goes on for about like a normal length of opening credits. But if you look at the title cards, there's like two names per card. Yeah. The, like the crew of this movie is <laughs> tiny, tiny. They were stripped so far back and i think that gives the movie such a down-to-earth feeling well it feels very much like a an effort from like a group of people just like a yeah. group of like friends or something who sat down and they were like what if the like they just make really funny like well thought out worlds and characters yeah and, and, and so much of that brings to life so much of the comedy i mean i mean even thinking of like the vocal performances and this is gonna sound like weird and maybe like a bit of a stretch but it sounds like you're listening to like riffs from like a backstage of a theater production right like a bunch of and and a lot of these actors are either theater or western actors which is very tell. funny yeah um but like it it feels like that kind of close-knit like and and obviously that's a lot from the writing but also like a lot of these voice actors literally were friends. I think um, Maid Marian and the lady who voices the chicken. Yeah, the I don't remember her name. The lady in waiting. Um, the two of them like had starred in a bunch of stuff together, both on and off stage. Yeah, and like so much of that kind of authenticity between what they're doing works so well in the vocal performances and the comedy 
Peter Ustinov is like the greatest vocal actor of all time, probably. He's taking he's taking so many like wild swings at the way he reads some of these lines and, yeah. and it just works. And all of them do. And they have this down to earth sensibility to all of them that it works. Again, yeah. like you have moments where like Robin Hood is impersonating Nazi the vulture. <laughs> and like, it's a terrible impersonation, it's so funny. but it's so funny because like, it sounds like a friend imitating yeah. a friend like it, it isn't it is just this it taps into this feeling of a real production yeah that you don't get with very many disney movies yeah that's a fair point it does feel like almost theatrical a lot of the yeah. time which is great it really works to its advantage yeah no. again with all of the sort of like sectioned off scenes and like Kind yeah, of, the fade to black and yeah. turn down the house lights. The very, like, strange, uh, proper English-speaking characters and, like, southern characters for some reason. Yeah, it's actually... <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll steal from Breadsword again, because that's all I can do. That's what my brain is these days. I mean, days. If, if a critic makes a good uh, analysis of a movie, you can repeat um, it. But yeah, I kind of, I, I very much agree with what he says in his video in terms of good voice acting is like good performances in voice acting is ones that you don't question. Mm-hmm. Not that don't stand out. Obviously, there are a ton of standout voices, <laughs> but that you never are like, yeah, that's somebody recording a line. Mm-hmm. You just, it flows all naturally in the world. And somehow they made their their vocal performances just from the writing and the amazing talent on a vocal end that yeah. we have here work between these extremely British, like very <laughs> s- stage West End actors. Yes. And these classical Western actors. Right. And they're all mushed together. Every other character has a different, drastically different kind of accent. <laughs> and you never question it once. Right? It does not stand out. It's so strange. They, like, if you step back from it for even a second, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> What's going on? And I think that's one of the most impressive things that the movie does and really speaks to the quality both of the writing and what the vocal performers are doing here. They're incredible. Well, and also the animators too, because like a lot of the kid like performers, like the child actors in this are giving like these really like kind of half mumbled lines. Yeah, yeah. But like the animation, it it makes it work. I don't know. Yeah, there's, like I said, I don't know how they did it. They had so (laughs) little money and it comes through in every big sequence they have. But so much of the expressions are just down in this. Dude. Like, Sir Hiss <laughs> makes the funniest faces in the I, world. Dude, literally, I, when I first rewatched this, like, because I hadn't seen it for, like, probably eight years the last time I watched it, and I was like, ah, oh, I feel like Hiss is probably going to be kind of annoying this time, but, like, he's, like, almost the funniest character in the movie. Yeah, like, <laughs> in most cases a character like him would not work no but his writing is consistently funny he's not overused yeah he's not really plot important i think that's really the thing that kind of sells him and that sounds really weird but a character like him if he was actually like a conniving subplot would be really kind of annoying that's not like what people want sir hiss to be exactly he is this really like they're they're a duo you know yeah prince john and sir hiss work only together yeah and he's just a great comedic foil and almost all of the characters again it benefits the kind of vignette style writing they Mm -hmm. were going for just have like a couple partners that they work with obviously like robin hood's always with little john yeah um 
Prince John is always with Sir Hiss. Maid Marian is almost always with what's her face like they they all are kind of contained there's occasional times when characters will split off i was about to say like the sheriff and the friar are kind of like free floating characters through a lot of yeah i was about to say but even then you only usually have like three or four main speaking parts in a in a scene like in a sequence essentially (laughs) um which is kind of funny even like again even like the castle raid you have a little bit of little john and then trigger and nutsy and the sheriff (laughs) and robin hood I love that sequence so much. And that's, like, one of the best sequences. <laughs> yeah. But, dude, I, it's so great. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, do you, have a, do you have a question? Obviously, we just kind of jumped right in, but... Um, I do not have a question. Okay, I have a question. Okay. I can, I can kind of flow good. with this. That's good. Um, what do you think, because uh, I think this is really fascinating, because I think movies like this especially, one of the, one of the most interesting things about 70s movies for me in general is kind of how they reflect the culture of the time, mm-hmm. um, mainly because movie productions were so strapped down that they almost were forced to be such raw depictions of what, you know, the people were going through mm-hmm. in the 70s. What do you think of, like, the themes of this movie as, like, a Robin Hood story set in a really, really rough economic time? I, I think it's really, I don't know, I think it was, like, kind of brilliant, and maybe it wasn't like someone was like, ah, everyone's going through financial hardship, we should make a Robin Hood no, movie. No, no, I think it, it feels... Yeah, it wasn't like that. They had been working yeah. for, like, towards this production mm-hmm. for forever. Yeah. Um, since, I think, well before, like, Sword in the Stone, yeah. they were trying to get this production made. Um, yeah, because like Walt had the idea originally. Yeah, right? it was yeah, it was Walt Disney's idea. Yeah, um, to at least adapt like a style story of this, mm-hmm. not directly. Oh, let's do Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I think I don't know. It is really interesting, and it it probably does help sell the authenticity of a lot of the like. I don't know. It's a very like impoverished movie. That's yeah. like the whole plot well, of the movie. Well, what, I, what I wanted to kind of touch on, and I didn't know mm-hmm. your thoughts on this, but what I wanted to kind of touch on is how like kind of warm it feels because of its approach to poverty. Yeah, and like kind of what everybody is going through, and it doesn't it doesn't shy away from like depicting it as suffering. They're all kind of suffering throughout the movie. Yeah, but it's got this really kind of warm and homey message about community. And like working together and having fun throughout that. Exactly. Yeah. It does like the characters don't have everything they need. Uh, but like the interesting thing is you never really see them like moping around really. Like they're always they're always happy to be around each other. The only time they do is when they're literally all in jail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is is a really nice like way to do that story and it helps drive home a lot of the like again like communal feeling of the movie which really works it propels so many of the character beats stuff like uh like friar tuck getting really mad during the one scene i think it's such a like a really i love the church scene yeah like a really great scene yeah like you really are into it after all of this (laughs) he's he takes from like the charity box (laughs) and friar tuck just loses it and it's great and you're like yeah get him even though you know he's gonna get arrested for it exactly it's like we know he's not gonna obviously like beat up the sheriff but like we're rooting for him yeah there's such a like they they pull you into this sense of community and kind of with that like it's not a very like 
epic Robin Hood <laughs> no. story. <laughs> the most and, epic thing is like the big castle burning thing. At yeah, the end. like it's not it's not one where it's like revolving around like a big heist. No, it doesn't have them all like do a full-scale rebellion yeah it's got it's not it's not a very it's not a very militarized robin hood yeah and most of the other robin hoods i've seen now often i haven't seen any of like the old like errol flynn era robin hoods which is what i need to do the modern ones are basically just war movies but i've seen a lot of (laughs) modern ones as far what is i just lost the guy's name Um, isn't taron egerton no no i'm saying as far like the earliest robin hood outside of this that i watched oh oh, you've seen the kevin costner one one is i think the earliest one before that and i think that was made in like the 90s yeah yeah. um but even by that one which that one i still think is actually pretty decent Mm -hmm. overall but even by that one so much of it is specifically revolving around like again almost military-esque like the movie tension is we've got to build this band of people who can then do this and this and this culminating in a big battle between like the monarchy and everything Mm -hmm. that's not what this movie is doing and i think that's really fascinating it takes such a a simpler approach to robin hood as a moral figure Mm -hmm. yeah even down to like the debate on like, you know, like the classic, like, what are the morals of Robin Hood? <laughs> right. And in this one, they just are like, yeah, whatever. They don't even care. Yeah. Like, again, stealing from Breadsword, but they go right down to being like... They literally, we, yeah, they open yeah, the movie. They're like, are we the bad guys? Are we stealing? You know, we're we're stealing. Mm-hmm. And then Robin Hood's just like, stealing's a naughty word. And then they move on. <laughs> right. No, I, yeah. And that, I really, I really it's respect very sincere, it for that. Yeah. So much of it is avoiding so much of like the, the epicness that you could take for Robin Hood that would distract from the very little like down to earth feel of everything about this the community sense yeah i really like how it doesn't feel like an inherent need to justify it's like odd goings on like like prince john for example like yeah he said his hypnotized the king and he went on a crusade right like so much of the actual like plot of yeah. the movie literally happens off screen yeah this is like a weird <laughs> chapter in the middle of a much grander story exactly um yeah it's so str- it, that is a good way to put it like some major events happen like the king leaves before the movie starts and comes back basically last second of the movie yeah he's in like one scene <laughs> which is like really fascinating and it and it again gives you that sense of feeling like this is a much it's like a grander, slice of life movie. Yeah, a it's much so grander weird. story than what you're <laughs> even taking part of, which is so brilliant for what they were yeah. doing. Like I said, I think the budget and the writing was just genius for what they were doing. Yeah, and again, they make John such a like easy to hate guy, and the sheriff too. Like they li- literally the introduction for the sheriff is him stealing from like every single weak and he's, marginalized he's, person in, say, the, he steals, in Nottingham. He steals from the the cripple, the children, <laughs> and the blind. Yeah, that's his opening, um, which is very funny. And like again, even even the even the prince himself and kind of playing into mm-hmm. that like really realistic in a sense w- world that they build. When, he's like, unquestionably terrible. He's unquestionably terrible, yeah. even by his and the sheriff. <laughs> exactly, they don't like him either. Yeah, they just benefit from the system that he's doing. So like when they get all caught up in singing the the phony King of England <laughs> song, his diss track. It's so funny and like. When Hiss is excited that Robin Hood lived at the end. Right. And, like, there's so many tiny moments that make you really feel 
like fascinated by what the story I, yeah. is doing. And, I just love the world that it, the movie exists in. And I think that's a pretty smart portrayal of like even a, like an evil monarchy per se. Mm-hmm. The fact that you have this totally incompetent ruler yeah. with people around him that don't really support him, yet the structure is so oppressive and tall standing just because. Yeah, just because he there's a figurehead and that's it. And they like, have that's, like that's some that. like they have a they have a small like a very in the movie they have like a handful of people as their army (laughs) right but like it's so interesting to think about this kind of kingdom i even think about like maid marion and the fact that she is kind of like theoretically like being kind of held in the castle Mm -hmm. it's not explicitly said yeah that's kind of not like trapped she's not trapped necessarily but like she's not gonna leave but exactly and like that plays into that same idea of like this big tall insurmountable thing that really isn't that it just takes people coming together to beat, not even in violence, but just coming together. Yeah, just like they're like, no, he's not. He's not going to rule the kingdom anymore. So they just steal all of his money and <laughs> leave. Yeah, he's, he's not going to rule the kingdom. They just take the money and don't don't put up with it. And yeah, yeah it, it ends up taking like a magical prince. Their king <laughs> Richard came back. Yeah, ending to technically fix everything. But I think it's got such a strong statement and like feel for that whole all it takes to stand up against this kind of goofy, sillyly overpowered, just like absurdly, evil, yeah, uh, absurdly evil monarch. Monarch is to just band together. Yeah, they can't throw you all in jail. Kind of, <laughs> they literally thing. throw everyone in jail. <laughs> I I think that's always like one of the funniest plot beats of this movie is that literally every single person in Nottingham gets thrown in jail, <laughs> save for like the church mice. <laughs> robin hood and little john what's funny is they have other mice in there and they have like the little tiny ball and chain for the mice i'm like (laughs) who's manufacturing these uh other mice rebby supposedly evil mice that never appear i like that yeah i I think i think per my question that i originally asked that that is like you know it's the core of the movie it's the beating heart of the movie beyond the performances and animation Mm -hmm. so much of what makes the story work is this kind of simple underdog story about just community and celebrating little victories and enjoying love i was about to say really the in my mind the like main thing the movie boils down to is love can overcome anything yeah even though like a lot of you know like even the main romance plot isn't that important like it feels really important you know (laughs) yeah it's the the spirit of it not even just the plot so much of the plot isn't what's important (laughs) about this um which again like you said it it feels like very much a slice of life movie. Mm-hmm. You're coming into a slice of life of a Robin Hood story of exactly. this world that's existed far before you <laughs> and far after your visit. Exactly. Um, which is really cool feeling. It's very structured similarly to something like, honestly, the closest thing I can think of is like a Wes Anderson movie. Mm, something yeah. like, um, even like Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, a very Moonrise Kingdom is, kind of a good, is a good comparison. Um, I was about to say Fantastic Mr. Fox. No, Fantastic Mr. Fox isn't that good of a... <laughs> no, even even no. something more like Isle of Dogs is structured similarly, mm. but it doesn't really work as well. Isle in of my Dogs opinion. has a really weird flow compared to this. It yeah. has a weird flow in general, but... <laughs> yeah, Isle of Dogs is a whole can of worms. But again, that kind of structure that Wes Anderson often, often uses, I think to one of the best examples is in Moonrise Kingdom in terms yeah. of like, there isn't much of a plot 
of Moonrise. There's like out. a thing that's gonna happen at the end, but like <laughs> it's all kind of just leading to that. There's not much else happening. And again, it kind of has a narrator <laughs> to drive any of that yeah. story tension because there's not that much scene to scene story tension. And yeah. it kind of all happens in this here is this, and then this and then this yeah um even that one's even moonrise kingdom is more driven than this thing yeah is. oh no moonrise kingdom is much more driven but i think it's very like i think that's a decent comparison yeah for no, it, it is it's structurally um i think moonrise kingdom is a little better for it being <laughs> driven in the fact that it has a more satisfying conclusion yeah overall. and it has a much more imposing like threat like a much more looming and immediate threat yeah than this does because like really um John is only a threat in like the last two scenes of the movie or something. <laughs> well, and beyond that, he's only like this, he's almost like a temporary threat. Yeah, because, exactly. I mean, you don't know it in <laughs> when you first watch the movie, but on rewatches, which is all I've existed in, you know Richard is going to come back yeah. at the end. And then just. I mean, again, John isn't a real imposing character. He is, yeah. he is, he's very an idiot. weak. Yeah, he's very weak. <laughs> he's not very smart, but like, I don't know. I mean, and we do get characters who say, like, uh, Richard will return. Like, they say that, like, over and over again. Um, so it kind of it kind of makes sense that he would come back, but like also yeah we don't know for sure. Time to time to get into the religious uh, <laughs> subtext of Robin Hood. <laughs> funny, I I had never thought of that before. That's really Neither funny. had I until just now, being like Jesus will return, Richard will return to to free us from our chains. I was about to say, would that make Prince John the Antichrist? But no one no one believes in him. So no, that would no. make Prince John just. The the world, you know, the society. Prince John is society, right? That I, in reality, Robin Hood would be the Antichrist if we're going with that metaphor. <laughs> Doesn't make much sense. I guess not. <laughs> yeah, no. The metaphor is trailing off. Okay. Uh, do you have a question though? Do I have a question? I should have thought of one by now. I was about to say because that kind of that kind of summed up what I was wanting to get into about the themes yeah. of the movie. Um, I don't know. Do you, I guess I'll ask, do you have a favorite, like, sec- segment of the movie, since so much of it is, like, mm. sectioned out? There's a lot of really it's fun really, ones. Yeah, that's really difficult, because there are so <laughs> many, like, individual scenes and jokes and moments that I really love in this movie. I always think back on the archery contest when I think about yeah. the movie, but, like, that's not, like, my favorite, necessarily. But that is definitely, I would say, a standout. I think yeah. that's actually where they have the most original animation Mm -hmm. in like any big sequences and i think there's really great staging and like sense of space in that scene surprisingly right they're pulling like scooby-doo gags and like all sorts of stuff it's really fun yeah and again you get to have a lot of fun with the vocal cast as that's the that's the sequence with arguably the most amount of voice actors in it. Yeah, I was about to say you get the crossover of literally every character is there in the yeah, whole movie. You get like Robin Hood, Little John, and um, you know, uh, Prince John and Hiss, like all together. And Mary and Mary yeah, and, and the chicken. <laughs> and almost all of the town folk. Yeah. Like literally and the kids. Dude, it is the, it is <laughs> the turtle saying go dad <laughs> waving his go little flag dad. is so funny to me. <laughs> I love that. That's arguably like the big scene of the movie. Yeah. Um, which is funny because it's not the climax. It's like a midpoint. Yeah. It's like almost this inconsequential scene where really the only big thing that happens is like they almost 
catch Robin and, and Marian, he get, yeah, and Marion escapes. Yeah, Marion and Robin they like uh, they reunite basically. I love I love the vocal. <laughs> just shout out to the vocal performance of uh, the guy who plays Robin Hood in this when he's doing his stork voice. That's so he's funny. like, "Oh, kindly, your Majesty." <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna shoot <laughs> as good as Robin Hood, <laughs> and he's got his little his little like pathetic stick bow, right? And his little arrows, dude, their branches and practically falling. Apart. I was about to say his little like branch arrows that he's like tied together with grass. It's so good. <laughs> it's so. Fun funny and yeah, yeah that's definitely a standout i actually really love too and i don't want to just pull out the big sequences but i really do love the jailbreak sequence because you get all of like it is the only time that really trigger and nutsy are like big characters yeah they're not really in the rest of the they movie are so funny <laughs> so like you get again like share the sheriff nutsy trigger and robin hood playing off of each other is some of the funniest stuff in the movie and i think yeah. it's perfectly paced out and it's got some really fun like moments and beats and there's some like some of the funniest beats in the whole movie are in that in that one sequence <laughs> got the safety on old betsy got the safety on old betsy exactly <laughs> but yeah dude i don't know um it's funny because the like whole prison break castle raid sequence used to be my least favorite part of the movie when i was a kid same and it's just like so funny and like really well paced for some reason by my standard now for some reason child me thought it dragged on a lot yeah no it felt like an eternity yeah and it really does not feel like that now um (laughs) i don't know what i was maybe i'm just too busy laughing now to be like this is taking too long i think i have Um, a much bigger appreciation for like actual performance now than i did back then yeah and and plus the comedy style that this movie is going i'm surprised we loved this so much as kids <laughs> right. because this comedy style that it's going for is very like like not a, like adult in a sense but almost adult in a sense that it's like again it plays like theater yeah comedy. it plays like theater yeah which is so strange um and very like old theater <laughs> comedy which is like cool and i think it work it ages so well yeah a lot more than a lot of the comedy and other disney movies at the time but at, quite frankly this is the most comedic disney movie i think that came out <laughs> at all in this like like disney wise to this point out mm-hmm. of main releases <laughs> This is like the most straightforward comedy of any that came right. out to this there's, point. There's full on like visual gags like in every single scene. There's like uh, written jokes in every single scene. There's funny dialogue and performances in every single scene. Yeah, and <laughs> it's I, very explicitly a comedy, which you can't say for a lot of the movies that came out around it. Which is very funny because if you look <laughs> at the other '70s Disney movies, I don't know what the other directors for Disney <laughs> were on in the '70s, but those movies are all freaking dark. They're like the darkest yeah. movies in disney canon <laughs> came out in the 70s and then there's robin hood that's all like oodle lolly right and the characters are just shouting oodle lolly they're they're cracking jokes i was about to say the entire thing introduces the whole story as just kind of a, a carefree journey yeah. of comedy you know robin again hood having little john having the menstrual rooster open up the movie is such a fun way to like open your movie and he keeps popping up to like break the fourth wall occasionally right i love that he's just he also gets <laughs> locked up in the yeah. prison that's really good dude i had honestly forgotten that he went like that he got locked up and then like it, it starts out that sequence he's like yep i'm in here too and i'm like what <laughs> 
it's just it's consistently funny and yeah. honestly surprising if you haven't seen it before like i felt like i was being surprised by some of the jokes even though i've heard them like a yeah. hundred times at this point in my life it's just it's such a joy to just exist in robin hood for 80 minutes yeah and that's know? and that's the spirit of robin hood again this movie what it says is the spirit of robin hood is just enjoying each other and while, while you can standing up against mm-hmm. injustice and enjoying each other right um man what a what a beautiful movie it I really it. is i don't know <laughs> i like robin hood haters what are you on what are you talking about people I don't, wanna, don't like i don't want to shout out names but <laughs> adam don't name what are you doing what were you thinking <laughs> what's going on yeah i just i mean i guess if you just don't vibe with the way the movie plays out because yeah. it's not a very like, like there's not a lot of variation on what no. the movie's doing it's like a, it's making the same sort of jokes the same sort of dynamics it's just playing them over and over was, again in different environments yeah. and if you're not into it then i could see it being very boring yeah and like but if, i'm just so the, into it i don't know <laughs> yeah like the the comedy is unconventional for the time the structure is extremely unconventional at the time it's like barely like a plot and we said that as a big problem in mario but oh the comparison between how they use that in mario versus this is like is like the plot is like all mario has going on yeah whereas <laughs> this is like it's it's not that concerned with the plot no. robin hood as a character is not that concerned with the plot he's like phineas and Ferb. he's literally just the- his, his like main goal is just helping people survive basically no, but literally like, he's like phineas and ferb in the sense that the plot treats him as like this impossible force of good yeah that where almost everything almost works out for him and he rarely has to actually worry about anything exactly yeah he lives a very carefree life which is very funny considering that he's like living through this horrific depression under a like miser of a monarch you know i don't know and i think that's like like i said in the in the core of the movie i think that's what really works also i thought of a scene that i might mark as my favorite okay okay um just overall because i was thinking about it and there's not a single moment i don't love okay about the initial uh little carriage robbery scene i love that that. so funny it's so funny the fortune tellers and the the golden hubcaps literally like the maybe the funniest shot in the whole movie is when uh prince john looks into the crystal ball and says oodalali to his distorted reflection it's like the funniest it's the funniest thing ever to have every everything in that is super funny even the stuff that doesn't make sense like the fact that like they don't get somehow little john just isn't seen doing any of this he's clearly stealing the hubcaps at one point he walks and there are like four rhinos holding this chest he walks underneath them he's a bear he's a big bear bear, he walks underneath it and like drills a hole in the bottom of the chest and starts taking the coins and they just don't it's notice so funny and like oh that works gosh. and it's really funny because then what they do notice like i don't know there's just so many jokes packed in to what i think is a perfect scene i think it's some of the best prince john and the whole <laughs> it really movie. is he's really funny in that scene <laughs> and yeah it perfectly sets up a lot of the dynamics too because if i'm not mistaken it's the first prince john and hiss that we get yeah it is it's their kind of introduction and really the introduction of the actual like that's the start of the actual i mean story. yeah i was about to say like the narrator opens it uh we get 
uh, Robin Hood and Little John, they're um, running saying. through the forest. They, they sit in the tree, they have their, ah, oh, that's a naughty word. Exactly. And then they immediately They have their little this. monologue, and then they immediately start robbing the carriage. And you get introduced to literally like the four main players of the movie with his um, Little John, uh, Prince John, and Robin Hood. Yeah. And it, it sets all of their dynamics up so fast. And like it just sells me on them yeah, like, instantly. It's so funny. <laughs> it's got great blocking, great yeah. performances. Everything about it is so good. You get the you get Hiss crossing his his, <laughs> his, his arms. arms somehow. Like they got the snake crossing his arms. Yeah. That's such a funny thing. There's literally Hiss is like one of the best animated characters I can think of like in the Disney canon. Like he's right. so funny. Just literally anytime he's making an even the slightest expression i'm just like yeah <laughs> which is funny too because he's he's reusing so much animation from um ka ka yeah which was always one of my least favorite characters yeah, in I, robert or in uh jungle book dude jungle book not a jungle book i fan. i like jungle book but he is literally like the worst part of that movie yeah and i i i, I don't even like jungle book that much i rewatched it recently and had so many like it's it just so did weird. not work it's such a weird Every, movie which is funny because like everything about this movie that does work does not work in jungle book yeah. in my opinion and they're like and it's such a more polished movie yeah. which is funny like dude there's zero atmosphere tangible in jungle oh my book goodness. that is that maybe is like the driest movie there's, ever well, made and there's like <laughs> not to go off too much on this rabbit hole but there's like no soundscape of jungle dude, book like literally in the jungle <laughs> there's there's almost no jungle noise there's yeah. barely any score yeah. it is such a bleak soundscape movie which cannot be said for robin hood oh my goodness dude i i love when they use the love theme in this movie it's so pretty dude, wait, dude i love like the introduction of like robin still being in love with maid mary and <laughs> he's like funny scene. he's humming he's humming the love theme before we've even heard it yeah before we've even um, heard the song yeah it's i love stuff like that it's so which pretty. leads me actually very well into the next question i wanted to ask because right. i wanted to ask you what you think of the it's not like the most important thing but what do you think of maid marion and the romance subplot Romance subplot. I think it gives another fun dimension to Robin as a character. And I don't know. I think Marion makes a really fun, like, a fun addition to the movie in my yeah, mind. Like, yeah. she feels, again, like, with all the rest of the characters, like a very distinct and well-rounded character, which is so strange because she doesn't have to be for the movie to function. Yeah, I was about to say, I think, I think honestly, I think honestly it makes me just more disappointed in like when watching that she's not in more yeah, because i right? really love her as a character i wish she was in more of the movie i was about to say she has like such a fun spirit even in her introductory scene and like even during the archery competition like every single line out of her mouth i'm like yeah it's 100 percent certified maid marion yeah real. and i and i agree that like really that's the main thing that i wanted yeah. to touch on is her like weird lack of inclusion because i think that the romance subplot itself is a really really strong thing to kind of give robin hood because mm -hmm. otherwise he wouldn't have that many like honestly humanizing moments yeah. like he wouldn't be he wouldn't feel like a character i was about to say the love you subplot. get he you would get just be like, this force like the really sweet moments with like the kids or when he's helping like it, during any of the scenes where he's with the sheriff like you get like a very endearing look at him like and how sweet he is yeah but, but he like, would he would feel like yeah it, it, without, feel the, a little with, without the romance subplot he would feel just like spider-man not <laughs> peter parker and spider-man yeah. you know if that makes sense like he would be the kind of heroic figure 
that is just this heroic, awesome figure yeah. and wouldn't feel like an actual person. Um, yeah, it's romance... good to know that he cares about something other than like just kind of wandering around and stealing money yeah. and giving it to people. So it's a very important dimension to him. But yeah, I just wanted to to at least at some point bring up the fact that Marion is kind of underused. Yeah, I think that's a really the best diagnosis of her character because like I don't know, you could read it as being kind of like a regressive woman character, but like it doesn't really feel that way when I'm watching it. Like yeah, I mean she, she's underused sure but like she's never she's never presented as like a quote-unquote weak character exactly yeah she always exercises any sort of agency that she has in every single scene she's in which is cool i think (laughs) yeah i don't know i think she's a decent love interest but i really do wish she had some something more to do i can't right i can't even picture how you would work that in this movie because again i wouldn't it's such a minimal movie yeah i wouldn't really want to add more to this movie because like i think easily the more you added to this movie the worse what we have would get Mm -hmm. Um, it would just like bring out all of the kind of problems that could easily be run into but they don't because it's so stripped back because it's so short they don't have time to run into so many of the problems they could have right no they barely have time to like introduce (laughs) marion yeah but man that introduction is so great i i love the scene where they're playing uh what is it called badminton 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 that's not badminton i don't i think is it badminton i don't know Uh, (laughs) a little game with something something british a little the birdie birdie And the little <laughs> fake rackets. I think it's Batman. I think you were yeah, right. I think I'm right. Um, but like, yeah, it's such a sweet scene. And like so much of her characterization comes in from that point. And like, I don't know, it just instantly wins me over. Like, I'm like, yeah, she she's in love with Robin Hood and he's in love with her. And like they get their whole like sequence together out in the forest. And it's really beautiful. And I like it a lot. Yeah. No, it's it, it always made me think. And like it makes it reminds me of the fact that like, I would want like a whole other movie. Like a, I would want a sequel, quite yeah. frankly, oh, to dude. explore like what Robin Hood and Maid Marian got up to afterwards. Right? Like what else kind of roguish things would they get up to? Like I think a, that would be great. Now that the king has an outlaw as an in-law, <laughs> as an outlaw, as an isn't in-law. that the final scene, of, uh, the final line of the I movie? Think so, That's yeah. so funny. Uh, I love that line so much. Right, and the fact that it's the the callback. <laughs> Oh, Dude. that's that's good joke writing, <laughs> man. An outlaw is an There's so much fun wordplay in this movie right. in general. So many alliterations and like yeah. just fun little things. I remember again, so much of what I'm pulling from is from the Breadsword video. It's genuinely great. You should go watch it. Yeah. Um, but he he references the fact that during actually the big archery tournament scene there's this random joke thrown in there just completely in french (laughs) right you would not and not like common french like it is stuff you would have to speak french to understand i was about to say it went by me too fast like it was all words i knew but i I didn't put it together in real time unfortunately (laughs) so like and that's kind of like the care that i feel was put into the actual joke writing of this Mm -hmm. is that prince john has and it's probably like one of the most like quote-unquote humanizing moments of prince john right he just just rolls out this french saying i think it's really interesting because again um breadsword ties it back into this thing where like king richard ruled over so much Mm -hmm. and and he was kind of an impress oppressive force to the area that he was living over if we're talking the real life comparisons (laughs) of this the historical context Um, yeah and but like 
Prince John wasn't, you know, he yeah. was, he was technically speaking a man of the people who knew the language that was spoken yeah. and, and knew a lot of that. And I think it's just kind of like, it feels like a, like a fun down to earth reference that kind of humanizes even this goofily silly, right? bad character. No, it, it caught me so off guard because I even forgot it. Like I always forget it's there and then it happens and I'm like, oh shoot, dude, what? Like for a second you're like, oh man, this is like a guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Again. Again, the movie just feels like almost like improv, but it's obviously like too well structured it, scene it to scene like, to be improv. It feels like stage yeah, acting. Yeah, it feels like which stage Which is such acting. a crazy thing to, like, legitimately <laughs> feels like stage acting, which yeah. is a crazy thing to pull from an animated movie. It's crazy. Like, you could be like, oh, they're doing like stage performances, but like the dialogue, the way it delivers, the way they bounce off of each other feels like you yeah. do the, the dynamics you get when working on stage with each other. It's just, it's just so good. It's just, it, it's endlessly fun. I, I, like you said, I would take a sequel like immediately where we get to see more yeah, of these there's, characters there's just so like much, living. Well, again, like the French line there <laughs> gives you this, just this deep sense that there is more to Prince John yeah. than you know. And there's more to Robin Hood than you know, and there's more to Little John than you know, and there's yeah. more to Friar Tuck than you know, and there's there's more under the surface. And I'm glad we didn't get into that more in this movie. Um, they give us just what we need they and nothing just, else. They give you just enough for, especially my imagination as a kid, to run wild mm -hmm. with the movie and just fully feel immersed in this world that feels so much bigger and more special and warm, despite all of the suffering going on in yeah it. man it's it's beautiful i i really will stand by that it's like such a beautiful movie to experience and it's so funny yeah i don't <laughs> i don't do i have... honestly i don't get the hate for it yeah neither do it's i it's so strange do you have anything else you want to add though uh, not really like we've covered pretty much like again it's a very it's a very minimal movie yeah. and like it has a few elements that it really just goes to town on and those work really well in my eyes. yeah i think the budget was well spent yeah I think dude. the 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 minimal work was great i think the small team and great actors it gives it so much personality to, yeah led to it be feeling it like has such like a, a it has like its own voice thing. yeah yeah it's which crazy. is which is crazy and really i think it makes it one of in my opinion the most notable disney movies ever made yeah. which may be a bold statement but i've legitimately stood by that all my life that's not even just uh for this podcast thing i've always thought of robin hood as one of the the, the standout movies i've never disney. I, I had never really given it that much thought before because like obviously there are so many other really popular at least among people my age um disney movies that came out around this one i had never given it that much thought but like revisiting it now that i'm an adult uh, an adult. An adult. I don't know why I stuttered there. <laughs> uh, revisiting it, like, now that I'm an adult is... I don't know. It's given me a really, like, deep appreciation of what it's doing. Yeah, like, in terms of 2D animated movies that Disney has done, there are very few that I hold in high re as high regards as this. Like, the, the ones that I think are better would be stuff like Lion King, which is, like, one of the greatest animated <laughs> yeah, movies like, I've ever seen. Yeah, that one is honestly just as fun as this And, and again, it even similarly ran under not the quite same situation they had a big budget for lion king mm -hmm. but it was the b team yeah it was a much smaller team of animators and writers i can't believe the b team made a lion and king that's so crazy it, i i think the best <laughs> movies that disney can ever do are the ones when it's small down-to-earth productions that are not that 
held over by the corporation. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I think my two, I, I have like a top 100 like list on Letterboxd that updates pretty frequently. But like at the moment, the two Disney movies that are in there are Robin Hood and Alice in Wonderland. Maybe the two weirdest Disney movies well, they yeah, ever and, made. And Alice in Wonderland again is in a similar boat. That yeah. was a weird it's production. It's so strange. It had, a, it had a much higher budget, obviously. Yeah, yeah you can um, tell. I mean, they even had the budget to do like rotoscoping and stuff on the movie. Yeah, I was about to say there was a bunch of rotoscope. There's like these crazy like full motion sequences where like the camera's moving around the whole time. But even like, then it was, right in that, it was right in that weird period. <laughs> I think I think it was just after Walt's death or just before, I I think it was right in there yeah was, i th- i don't know it's like mid 60s i think is yeah Alice so just before Walt's death, yeah. i think um and it's in this really weird turning period of what disney movies would become mm-hmm. no i oh, man alice in wonderland such a pretty movie i love that movie so much <laughs> but yes robin hood very good in my book again i gave it a four and a half out of five i gave it a five out of five man i there is honestly very few things I would ever change about it and I think it's so much fun like even being what it is like I honestly can't think of a more fun way for me anyway like for my sensibilities to adapt Robin Hood um, like it's just in my mind the definitive version of Robin Hood but again I don't have too much experience with the character so that's yeah. take that how you will <laughs> <laughs> alright do we want to get into the what we watched segment sure So for those of you who are new to the podcast or have just never listened this far, the What We Watched segment is a fun little thing we do at the end where we talk about all of the movies we've seen and since our last episode, we give brief thoughts, brief ratings, everything is brief, <laughs> and we have fun with it. Yeah. Um, I think we're... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going from the 12th, because yes. we did last episode was like a full-on what we watched episode, because yeah. we were gone for you, so long. If you like this segment, go give that a listen. Yeah. But we're going from the 12th to present day. Yeah, September 12th, 2023, baby. Crazy. All right. And I think, I think Robbie's starting us off with I, this. I am starting a us off. A weird one to start us off. Yeah, the day after we released our What We Watched episode, Episode, uh, I watched a film called Rubber um, from director Quentin Dupuis, I think is how you say his name. It's it's French. I should know how to pronounce it. Dupuis. I, I, th- I think I do think it is Depew or something like that because it has the UX oh, yeah. EUX yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah it's called rubber uh, it was one of his first movies I think like his third uh, feature that he made uh, and it's very strange. <laughs> Uh, it's about a it's about a group of people gathered in the desert who watch a tire uh, commit like mass genocide <laughs> using its uh, I think they say telekinetic powers or psychokinetic I think is the word they use. What a what a film! What a picture! <laughs> um, yeah, it's really strange. It's like this weird meta fest of almost schlock it's it's such a weird movie it's hard to describe it really um but it it feels very innovative it feels a little overly long as well like they kind of get their point across because it's very much about like the relationship between filmmakers and the audiences of films like very directly very bluntly (laughs) um so i don't know it plays kind of strange uh but like they didn't need to be 
you know, a whole 82 minutes to get across what it needed to. I think it probably could have just been like half an hour and probably done the same thing pretty much just as well. But like for what it is, I enjoyed it. I think it's occasionally funny. I think I enjoy it more for like what it's trying to do than what it's actually doing moment to moment. So yeah. I don't know. It's cool. I, I like I like meta movies. I think they can be really fun. <laughs> I know they annoy a lot of people. Um, but I love Scream too. So like, what do you expect? Uh, yeah, I gave Rubber a three out of five. Strange time. I, I don't necessarily recommend it, but like, I, if it sounds interesting, like if a meta horror thing sounds interesting, then I guess check it out. I don't know. <laughs> uh, then on the fourteenth, I watched the nineteen eighty eight classic. Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. Um, very weird. Is it movie. a classic? I don't know. I don't know what qualifies as a classic <laughs> these days. Yeah, I, right. I know some people have seen Pumpkinhead. <laughs> like, is like a few people. Does that have make seen it pun? Does that make it a classic? <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been in kind of. If you listened to the last episode, kind of a horror movie kick to try and get an early jump on my spooky season watches because yeah. there's so much I want to try and get through. Um, and you know, I wanted something casual, short and fun. And I decided to go for Pumpkinhead cause it sounded cool as heck. Pumpkinhead. Um, I'm still really stoked to see it. I, it's been on my watch list for as long as you have told me about it. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's very, it's very classical. Like it's by the numbers horror movie kind of thing for this era. Did it come type. out in the eighties? Yeah. It came yeah. out in the eighties. Very by the numbers for kind of low budget horror monster movies, which mm-hmm. I've, I've seen more than <laughs> I feel like I should have. Like it's very similar in like vibe to that one Scarecrow one, uh, I don't <laughs> Night, Night what, of the Scarecrow, yeah, I think something is what it's like called. that. Uh, but it's just it, it does this really weird narrative thing that I think in general kind of makes the movie a little bit more unpleasant than it should be because mm. it's got some really enduring performances and fun effects, and Pumpkinhead himself is kind of like a really cool creature design, dude. i've seen some pictures from it it looks so cool he's really fun (laughs) but like the movie does this thing where they make you kind of root for everyone (laughs) in this revenge monster movie Mm. which makes it kind of miserable for everyone because nobody wins in the movie like literally no matter (laughs) no one gets what they want nobody gets what they want everyone suffers and it's for essentially no reason, which is not a very pleasant movie. And it's like, it's a very goofy movie. Again, there's like a quote unquote old hag character and her name is Haggis. And like, there, there's so many things like that that make you sound like, that make this movie sound like it would be like a barrel of laughs. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I just feel like was not having a good time while watching it for certain parts because it's so unpleasant you can make like a good like nihilistic kind of movie but that doesn't sound like what Pumpkinhead is trying to do no it's not (laughs) so i think it just kind of doesn't work on a on a on like that narrative level yeah but otherwise it's really fun i still enjoyed it i still enjoy a lot of what it's doing cool um i gave it a three out of five very nice two two three out of five movies (laughs) from the all recently logged crew (laughs) then what did we watch together uh, we sat down and we watched Pulp Fiction. Yeah, this was a rewatch for me. Maybe the most film bro movie that I had not seen. <laughs> yeah, had to had to had to show him Pulp Fiction. Um, yeah, I'd seen what like one or two. Yeah, two Quentin Tarantino two movies. Quentin Tarantino movies uh, before this, yes. and I I'm like a diehard Once Upon a Time in Hollywood guy. Like, of course I am. Right. Um, I just said I liked meta movies. <laughs> um, I can't but yeah, I've seen eight. 
Quentin Tarantino movies. What am you, I doing? You with went my on a life? big binge, man. I did. I went and watched like all of them I could find. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. I watched Pulp Fiction for the very first time. What can you say about Pulp Fiction? It's I got it's some kind stuff of, I it's could kind say. Of, it's kind of a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, it man. rocks. It is a masterpiece. It's so much fun. <laughs> I love the performances in this movie so much, dude. So many of the scenes are all timers. Clearly, that's um, the thing. Like. Almost every single scene, like with a few exceptions, is like the best scene of the movie. <laughs> right. Anything, anything at <laughs> all with sense. Samuel L. Jackson or um, oh my goodness, goodness, John, John Travolta, Travolta or even Uma Thurman, they're all just like, or even, dude, Harvey Cattell is really great in yeah. this. Like, literally everyone is just so good in this movie. Even, dude, Tim Roth. I love Tim <laughs> Roth. Tim Roth is fun here, yeah. It's like Everybody's just doing the most. Really, the only thing that I ever see people complain about, and it's funny because it's what you complained it, about, yeah, too. I only have really, like, one problem oh. with Pulp Fiction. Is the, is the Bruce Willis stuff. Yeah. No, I was about to say, it almost feels like the movie comes to a halt just to for Bruce Willis's character's, like weird misadventures. I don't know. It's very strange. Like, I get why it's there. But, like, also, it just, I, again, it feels like the movie's just taking, like, hitting a pause yeah. right in the middle of Which everything. Which is weird, because I like his character, and yeah. I like a lot of He's the, a really interesting I character. I like a lot of the individual yeah. plot points that happen under his character's umbrella. Mm-hmm. But, like, it is, it, it does feel like the pacing just kind of dies for with him for a little bit. Yeah, like the scene of him going back to his apartment, that's, like, one of the best scenes in the movie. It's so cool. <laughs> um but like I don't know, yeah. That that's like really my only criticism. I need to praise um, the lighting in the movie because yeah. <laughs> it's like one of the most beautiful movies I've ever watched. Like everything is like drenched in this like golden glow. It's it just looks amazing. Like every single frame of the movie looks amazing. Right. Um, and again, like Vincent Vega is like Vincent the Vega. greatest character in fiction. Dude, so <laughs> you can't you, you can't call Vincent Vega the greatest <laughs> character in fiction without mentioning mentioning Jules. Dude, Jules' monologue in the diner at the end is like one of the best probably ever. And of like of course it is. Like everyone knows that. Yeah, but, I was about to say like everyone <laughs> talks about Samuel L. Jackson in this movie he's amazing he's so good yeah every scene i think his character is really interesting too his little arc that he has right he has such like an interesting arc over the course of the movie and he's not in like all of the scenes yeah and they do such a good job <laughs> tying in all the little vignettes of the story and it's got a great so soundtrack awesome. and oh it's, my goodness. it's just, i mean there's a reason it's Pulp like fiction there is a reason it's like hailed as like one of the best, like, zero-to-hero kind of screenplays yeah. ever. Yeah, really the big thing, like, <laughs> that I, the last thing I'll leave it with is it's kind of a gross, scummy movie. It is. And I don't like, the Tarantino-isms mm. are gonna be Tarantino-isms. Honestly, the only thing holding Pulp Fiction back from being on my top 100 list that I mentioned earlier is how gross the movie yeah, feels a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah why why did tarantino write himself into that role uh Can we, uh, good times um yeah quentin tarantino what a guy i gave pulp fiction a five out of five though i also gave it a five out of five i would gladly rewatch it it's it's a beautiful movie yeah it's pretty great yeah uh then on the 15th uh we watched saw saw we saw saw we saw saw for the very first time we saw saw <laughs> Uh, we watched it with my girlfriend. She came over. Yeah. And we were, watched the 4K uncut version. Well, it's the director's 
I, I I forget exactly what they called it, but yeah, like it's I the mean, Ruby, There's not like another unrated version though. Oh yeah, unrated. I think is I don't remember. No, what the on term the is. on the cover it says uncut, <laughs> it says but uncut. there's not another like unrated. The unrated cut is the uncut. Yeah, cut. yeah. No, it's the same it. thing. <laughs> yeah. But yes, we watched the director's unrated cut thing um, in 4K. In 4K, cool. which was yeah, it was very very cool. And yeah, you can really see the grain. Had never had never seen <laughs> saw. And it's, I don't know, it's very fun. And I don't have too much to say about the movie. I feel like every James Wan movie that I've seen is either, it, they, they fall into either this is boring and weird or this is really fun. And like, I don't have any, like this, this movie, I would say, <laughs> r- runs right down the middle, leaning towards really fun. Yeah, I, I feel that I felt that way about The Conjuring when I watched it. I was like, oh, that's fun. And then I like just didn't think about it. Is that one of his movies? Yeah, I completely forgot that The Conjuring was his. But movie. yeah, like I watched The Conjuring, and I was like, oh, that was fun. And then I watched Saw, and I was like, oh, that was fun. Malignant is the one that stuck with me the most out of any yeah. of his works, which is very strange because like it's one of the weirder ones, <laughs> uh, and that's really why. Yeah, but... it has so much more personality. As strange as it is, uh, as it is to say that, like uh, Saw is obviously like a very auteur-driven movie. Yeah. From an up-and-coming filmmaker. I think I think there's so much memorable about Saw. I really love the performances. I love so much of the puzzle solving and everything like that. <laughs> right. But quite frankly, I think one of my biggest problems with the movie, like I, I like, I honestly I love almost everything about the movie, but this and this kind of brings down almost every other element around it. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know how to like critically put it very well, <laughs> but I don't think the mystery is very rewatchable. I think it's I, like I finished that movie yeah. and that was like one of the first things I thought I was like wow this would not be as good on a rewatch like that <laughs> yeah, was my I feel first... like it would just be kind of like like you would enjoy it for like the fun yeah you would enjoy it for like the, the other flare, elements yeah. of the movie but not the mystery which I think yeah. is kind of the core of this Saw movie well, anyway again the whole like premise of Saw is like waking up in like the trap room and like yeah. like that's the whole draw of the movie you're like oh how did they get there and like Again, that's a lot of the tension, especially in the first half of the movie. Yeah, and I feel like, they, they, granted, they do a really great job of not just relying yeah. on the trap room. There's they a lot do, of good dramatic tension outside. I think of that it's too. I think it's a really smartly written movie for this kind <laughs> of movie. But like, even then, like thinking back, I'm like, wow, I bet the scenes now <laughs> in the room would be kind of boring because it's not really that like ooh trappy kind of trap there are like a couple things they're chained to a pole they're chained to a pole effectively <laughs> and are like ooh what if you killed each other yeah. ooh, ooh. it's not like an elaborate it's not like, anything too it's not too the, it's not the yeah. expectations you get from like living in a in a world where saw 10 is about to come out well all of the other traps even in this saw movie are like more interesting and like immediately threatening yeah like literally all of it's it's so weird that's a great point. Yeah. Literally every other tra- <laughs> trap they show in the movie is like really dangerous yeah. immediately. This one this one's like, oh, they can electrocute you and there's like a a guy. Yeah, like dude, <laughs> think of it like the 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 wire one. They're yeah. like you have like an hour to get out. Well, Whereas, even like the bear the bear trap on the like bolted to the skull or whatever. Yeah, like, I, I think in general all of them are like time 
yeah. like related in this one technically they, is, yeah they have to get it done like, by six o'clock. there's no <laughs> thing technically threatening them but each other in that time mm-hmm. yeah which is which is weird and it makes for a really weird kind of narrative story that i don't think will be the most interesting to come back to but it's, but it's still really fun. it's yeah it's fun enough even just for uh carrie yule's performance yeah, carrie yule's like, is so great he carries so Lee much Winnell of my is enjoyment. so goofy in this uh <laughs> even danny glover is just doing like a really fun goofy thing in Danny Glover, I don't know what he's up to in this movie. He's making like the silliest, he's doing the silliest things in this yeah. movie. Yeah, <laughs> so I think it's it's funness carries it pretty far. Yeah. And I think, again, for this style <laughs> movie, which I've seen several riffing off of like this kind of thing that Saw yeah. practically invented for the horror genre, mm-hmm. um, I think this is pretty smartly done for it. I give it a three and a half out of five. Yeah, I was about to say, at the, at the end of the day, which is, again, kind of, like, funny to think about, Saw is just, like, a pretty solid thriller. <laughs> like, that's really what it is. Um, and it works pretty well. Uh, I gave it a four out of five. I, I think it's pretty fun. I, I was going to give it a three, but I was like, no, like, no, James yeah. Wan is really doing something that's, like, worthy of praise here. No, like, I yeah. genuinely think so, too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool movie, I say. Indeed. Then what did we watch, Trevi? Uh, then we sat down on the 16th and we watched a little movie called The Shining. You ever heard of it? Nope, I've never heard of The Shining. Another, another like, big film bro blind spot crossed off. Yeah, again, one, something that I had seen that Robbie had not, that I was like, yeah. oh, you gotta watch The Shining. Um, uh, and I mean, like, Stanley Kubrick is, like, one of my favorite directors probably ever um and i hadn't seen his movie about hotels which is one of my favorite things ever and it's also a horror movie uh which rocks yeah i'm not even like the biggest kubrick (laughs) fan but like this this is genuinely probably one of the best movies i've ever seen i I feel like you can't watch the shining and like just completely ignore how just like how firm of a grasp Kubrick had on like everything movies. Like yeah. he just knows what to do with the format of movies. It is, it is this towering <laughs> achievement of cinema, quite oh frankly, goodness, and has been, dude. and has been regarded as such. And I think it's as it completely yeah. deserved. <laughs> I think the performances are outstanding on everybody's oh account. Oh my goodness, dude. This um, is like such a killer ensemble. Yeah, like, I don't um, understand how you get like, a group of actors to do this well, unless you're just a really good director. Like you said, Shelley Duvall is like instantly really, really like, she's got some amazing physical yeah. acting in this. Dude, she's she's um, almost arguably, in my mind, better than Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I was about to say, and obviously Jack Nicholson is giving the performance of, a, of, of his career, literally. Yeah, no, this this is easily the best thing I've seen him in. Like, he's just 100% committed to doing, like, everything this i love how much he does i love how much he does with his tongue in this movie more i've seen him in a, a lot, lot of, of tongue movies. acting in uh, this. yeah unless he's like he's got his tongue on full force in this which is amazing it's so great um, oh my goodness and dude. and at the end of the day especially on a rewatch it was just even more engrossing and honestly like terrifying it's such it's a, it's like a scary. subtly scary and terrifying movie yeah um i think it's ending worked a lot better for me on a rewatch because the it first feels time kind of sudden the honestly, first time around yeah, yeah I thought I was kind of like, oh, that was kind of sudden. I wasn't a huge fan of how it ended for Jack, like in terms of how it just kind of trails off. Yeah. But this time around, I think that worked a lot better. And I was just really digging what the movie was laying down. Yeah, I was I was a little worried, honestly, because like so much of this movie, because of how big it is, like uh, basically all of the major beats of the movie are just like 
cemented into the cultural zeitgeist. I basically knew what the, was going to happen in the movie before it happened. Um, but like just literally every single scene is just like jaw droppingly amazing. Like yeah. the, the grip this movie has on me, like while I'm watching it is unprecedented. I think funny. It makes me think <laughs> of that clip that was trending on Twitter for a bit where the person was like, and I'm sure, I don't know if some of you saw it, it was the funniest thing in terms of how awful it was. Everyone was so mad at it. Mm-hmm. It's like this guy, he's like, The Shining is arguably a masterpiece, but this scene has always bothered me. <laughs> Shelley Duvall walks up into this hallway, and then after like 30 minutes of mind-bending hallucinations, <laughs> we don't see her press the button of the elevator. So we don't know if she's actually in the room and this is happening, <laughs> or if it's just a vision. Oh my I goodness. think this is something that Ready Player One got no. right. It would be a lot better if we edited in a CG Shelley Duvall getting hit by the flood of blood. Oh no. He said that. No. Everyone's been making fun of that all day on Twitter. Um, but it's crazy, man. People media literacy is broken. We're doomed as a species. Um, another thing doomed. another thing to shout out, where where are they? For heaven's sakes. Uh Wendy Carlos's score for this mm, movie is yeah. like th- this movie is like a musical almost, if that, yeah. if that makes any sense at all. The like, score operates on a level that directly communicates with the characters. Exactly, yeah. It's so strange because like you'll get like these weird melodies that play exactly like what is happening on screen and it works. I don't understand how they made it work so well. Yeah, like literally <laughs> literally the the score is a character in the dialogue. Yeah. Um, it's crazy like it it's i i genuinely don't understand how like a group of humans made the shining <laughs> like it's just a ta- again like a towering masterwork of just uh editing and and rhythm and like atmosphere and lighting yeah. and it's a set design oh my goodness the I, set design <laughs> as much as as much as pulp fiction is a masterpiece this is like a master masterpiece this is like capital m masterpiece yeah you know like it's... this is a towering thing of cinema that i that will has never been touched since it came out in my mind the scariest horror movie i've watched maybe the probably yeah easily the best horror movie i've ever watched um my favorite stanley kubrick anyway movie. anyway we've been going on about this very long it, it immediately entered my top 100 films of all time. five out of five easy five out of easy. five yeah it's amazing um, <laughs> then on the 16th yeah. i think would be yeah on the 16th i watched ponyo uh <laughs> nice nice palate cleanser right? after the shining. same day shining i went to a party it was like i think we turned this on at like 10 yeah and like it was it was super late there a bunch of us were piled into a home theater and we were cracking jokes having fun it was my first time watching all the way through a, a ghibli dub yeah um, oddly enough with how many ghibli movies we've watched we haven't watched a dub yet or at least i haven't and you know as much as i'm always anti-dub it really is kind of impressive how good the ghibli dubs are mm-hmm. they just i mean they put the work in for i mean it, disney disney literally do. just like poured a bunch of money yeah, on releasing literally yeah literally all you need to do is put the work into your dubs and they're good because this was practically seamless as ponyo in my mind yeah um and it's just i think this time around i i actually upped my rating by a half star but i think it was that's mainly just because i was watching with a bunch of friends and we were all tired and cracking jokes Ponyo's a really beautiful movie i always forget just how beautiful it is it's a gorgeous film it's paced so well 
there's so many fun moments and set pieces we were all joking about like we could not stop laughing at how recklessly the mom drives in the movie <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> how much, dude how much she should just be dead it's crazy <laughs> and there's it, it was it was genuinely a great night um so yeah i gave it a four and a half out of five very great cool movie. uh after after we watched the shining i sat down and watched godzilla raids again Blur. Uh, which is the <laughs> sequel to the like original 50s godzilla movie uh and it's about godzilla and he's raiding again uh <laughs> It, I don't know. I, I feel like anyone familiar enough with the Godzilla canon knows what to expect from this movie. Um, and it's fine. I think it's a perfectly <laughs> fine movie. Uh, it has some fun Godzilla action. Like, that's easily the best part of the movie is, like, all the kaiju stuff. They're, like, ripping stuff up. He's got his fire breath. He's blowing around. He's doing he's doing his thing. Uh, and then the human stuff is sweet and it doesn't really move much beyond that. <laughs> and that's like a majority of the movie. <laughs> I don't know. The stakes are really weird. Um, the actual like plot is kind of weird. Uh, and the Top Gun Maverick finale is like copied and pasted <laughs> in this movie, which is Tom, really funny. Tom Cruise is a hack. <laughs> exactly. Tom Cruise stole the finale of Godzilla Raids again, and I will never <laughs> forgive him for it. Uh, I gave it a three out of five. <laughs> Then on the 17th, I watched, I, I sat down and finally got to a movie that had kind of fascinated me in theory for like a long time. I'm was, very interested to see I was see really it. excited about this for a long time, but I watched Society 1989. You may know about it. You may, uh, you may be a part guys of Society. Guys ever heard society. of Society? You know, we live in a society. <laughs> they say Society so much in this movie. That's so uh, good. But it's like a, it's a horror comedy question mark. Uh, the 80s kind of a cult <laughs> classic known for its like really really crazy uh practical effects but i was i was super impressed it's so much fun i think it's paced really well i think it it, it pulled off me liking a gaslighting plot which is very rare <laughs> that's crazy like the, the main character is just such like a, a lovable doof that when everybody's <laughs> like no you're making that up and it's so obviously that like so obvious that he's not that you can like you kind of just have to enjoy what it's what it's doing <laughs> micah the first genre listed on letterboxd is comedy yeah i was about to say it really is a comedy but i think it's horror is really effective i think that i think that i don't know i would almost list horror before it even though it's equally as much of a comedy yeah you you mentioned how scary it Um, was which is kind of funny to me because like it it seems like it would be a very easy movie to just be kind of a goofy like prosthetic fest yeah it's so goofy and (laughs) is so much fun and like it's it's very 80s camp throughout a lot of it but that blends so well with its themes into one of like the most viscerally gory endings of any movie I've ever seen. I can't wait to see it, it's, dude. It looks crazy. They go they go way <laughs> crazier than I thought they would with the ending and it's just fun. It's it's goofy, it's funny. I thought it was scary. Maybe I'm crazy for that. <laughs> like um, like, "Ooh, it's so scary." Ooh, scary. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, literally. But I don't know. I really really loved the movie. Um I gave it a 5 out of 5. Very one cool. of one of my favorite horror movies I, and comedies I've seen. I in did a while. not expect you to like Society. I haven't seen it, but Ooh. like just the vibe I get from it, I did I would not I did not I did not, I did not expect for me to love it this much. I mean, that's that's way above average. The 
the only other person I follow who had seen it gave it a two and a half. <laughs> like I was not, yeah. but I just I, I enjoyed it through and through. It looks awesome. Like really, executed correctly, it looks like it would be really fun. I loved the performances. I thought it was genuinely funny and goofy and yeah. scary, which I think is is very difficult to pull off for a horror comedy. Absolutely. Um, and again, the effects are incredible. I, yeah, you can't you can't. Go I was home about on to say enough. I would watch it for like the prosthetic and like practical yeah. effects alone. There's like a couple things if you really play like pay attention the budget will like show in mm. a lot of the prosthetic work um specifically the ones where it's like specific people's faces like like things on people's faces you mm-hmm. can see um but it's it's so impressive and it works so <laughs> seamlessly for this absolutely like i mean everyone just talks about the <laughs> ending but the last 10 minutes of this movie are like some of the wildest 10 minutes i've ever seen in a movie that's good i say <laughs> so yeah Society, crazy. Society, <laughs> Micah says society. Society. Um, then on the seventeenth, we watched Robin Hood. Watched Robin Hood, and it was so good. And that was what we watched. That's what we watched. Uh, go check out some cool movies. Yeah, uh, go watch, watch Ponyo. Watch Ponyo. What a sweet film. What a sweet film. That's like the only <laughs> much sweet more pleasant. Film. Robin Hood and Ponyo. Those are your. If you want a sweet film, those are your missions. If you are up for some uh, disturbing-ish content, uh, watch The Shining. Yeah. And maybe Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. I, would, I would. I would be more. Uh, it's funny. I'd be way more inclined to suggest The Shining <laughs> to someone than Pulp Fiction. Right. Uh. Uh, and yeah, I wouldn't really, uh, it depends what you want to go for, for society. Yeah. But go watch a good movie. Go watch a good movie. Go watch Robin Hood. Go watch, yeah, yeah. Literally. That's, that's the moral, re- that's the takeaway. That's the takeaway of this episode. <laughs> it should be anyway. Go watch Robin Hood. And, uh, we'll catch you next week. Yeah, we'll catch you next week. <laughs>